flying sign with Joe Clady. This is Stoic Forge. It poured again all night, just like it had in Santa Fe. And again, I was at this uh, truck stop slash historical area called Sky City. And I had been there before when I had taken that trip with my family uh, 10 years prior. Um, There was this giant city that sat on this plateau in the sky, hence the name Sky City. And to go up there, unfortunately, and get the tour of the... um, the the history and the the artifacts cost 20 bucks so of course that was out of the question but I remember going up there with my family and the altitude it, it's a it's a quick adjustment um, and I can remember going to the bathroom just stepping away from my family and the next thing I know like some random lady, is like, are you okay? Are you okay? I was standing at the urinal, and because of the altitude, I just just passed out. And standing at the urinal, fell, <laughs> just from standing to laying down in a second, and smashed my head against the ground. Um, <laughs> still with my dick out, and uh, tucked it away. At least had the 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 whereabouts to. Uh, know to tuck myself away um, and then my my dad once we were at the hospital they were taking my blood and uh, they pulled the needle out to you know do something and it squirted just just kind of sprayed across the room and my dad who does not do well with that he then passes out so my mom has wonderful pictures of of the two of us uh passed out <laughs> next to each other uh on gurneys so i don't know, being in that area just was um i remembered that and i thought about them and i carried the memory of the route 66 adventure uh with my family um uh, and, and i felt them there and it seemed like a good place to hang for a while it was surrounded by the the desert that I had quickly fallen in love with and it was just so different and and I began to explore left the van behind and found some beautiful rock formations that had signs that obviously said off limits but I was I was tired of that I was tired. I mean, I get it. Again, it's not my property, but it's too good to pass up. And I spent the uh, entire afternoon climbing around these beautiful rock formations. uh, And I found this, what seemed to be a, a throne carved from rock that I just sat in and you know, in in a in a moment of solitude, had a uh, uh, surge of imagination and sat on my throne as I stared into my desolate kingdom. It was fun. It was it was a, a joyous afternoon to where I felt connected 
with nature. Um, and then as I was on my way back down to make my way back to the van, I saw a policeman pull up next to me and I, I knew what it was about. And I made up some bullshit about losing my dog and I could tell immediately he didn't believe me, but he smiled and just asked that, that, you know, they just wanted to remind me that the formations were off limits and drove off. So that was my experience with that. I knew I shouldn't push my luck. Uh, so I made my way back to the truck stop and it was my first encounter with truck stop culture. I ended up spending the entire day there (laughs) just hanging out and seeing truckers come and go, families come and go, bums come and go. Uh, I spent time at that McDonald's again, just drinking coffee, writing in the journal, charging all my shit. I sat in the trucker lounge and watched shitty reruns of NCIS, just, you know, something to turn my brain off and uh, just sit in a old pleather recliner surrounded by farting truckers and just relax truly in air conditioning with unlimited water, um, pretty much unlimited coffee and nasty, dirty truck stop, uh, uh, food that did, did not nourish me, but again, was a comfort nonetheless. Um, that kind of food is cheap. And when you're out there, I didn't have, I had no refrigeration to, I mean, it's cheaper to stock up on groceries and and have some eggs and maybe have a hot plate or something. I just, I didn't have the capability to do that. So it was the the dollar menu type items pretty much the entire time, not to mention my my, uh, pretty healthy stock of of Pop-Tarts that were starting to, uh, starting to, take away uh so like i said i had taken advantage of of sky city for an entire day uh but then i wanted to stop at one more one more uh city in new mexico before i hit arizona now like i've said in the last couple episodes santa or uh, new mexico has not been the best to me as a traveler. I've met some good people, had some good experiences, but with the anti-busking laws at the time, it was uh, unforgiving for someone um, in my situation. It did not make it... That was my way to, to make money easily. I had gotten confident at it enough to, to to maybe catch a few bucks here and there, and it just was not allowed here to, to pretty strictly and I and I get it because you don't want uh, it's a slippery slope between what is uh, a, a kid playing guitar and then what becomes a very um, borderline 
beggar situation that's not quite performance oriented. I don't know. I, I understand, but for me, as someone who was just playing guitar with the sign, it was unfortunate. So I get into Gallup, New Mexico, and found my my go-to spot. I went to another McDonald's and uh, just got a coffee and, and sitting there, just working away at my journal, looked off in the distance and saw this small mountain range. And I asked somebody about it and they were called uh, the, ho- the Hawkbacks. And from a distance it looked like it was just so flat and it looked like a, a train had derailed and just crashed into this flat land, a gigantic train, obviously, but uh, just real jagged. And hawkback, just the, the rounded top of a, a hawk's back with the, the feathers um, uh, jutting out. I'm assuming that's how it got its name. Uh, and it was very alluring. And I left the van and uh, rode my bike over there, left my bike by the train tracks, crossed the barbed wire fence that was down, and made my way to the top, uh, passing dried creeks and dead animals, and got to the top to where I would look below and see flocks of, of some sort of bird flying below my line of sight. I was that high in it. I guess I didn't realize how high I had gotten. And I could have sat there all day just watching the traffic from I-40 just pass me by. Uh, And that was nice, but I was getting hungry. So I headed back to the van, um, dug my spoon into my gigantic jar of Jif peanut butter, but then felt the urge to at least give Gallup a try. I wasn't going to put my sign out and actually busk. I just wanted to, to again, hopefully find something uh, that would manifest itself in front of me. Um, and I thought the best place was just the the plaza in town. I knew there had to be one. So I strapped my guitar to my back got on my bike and began to search for it. And I thought about Mendy for some reason, just search, just the the idea of searching for something and the word beloved popped in my head and I, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit. Uh, but I finally found it. I found the plaza and I set up. And like I said, at this point I was pretty confident just to start playing and it obviously attracted some people because it's a rare thing uh, in this kind of area to have someone just play guitar when they're not blatantly asking for money. So this guy comes up and his name was Marshall. Rail skinny, bald, uh, real thick southern accent uh, from Alabama, missing a few teeth. Now, when I talk about Marshall and describe him and even I might do his voice if I feel so inclined, it's just painfully stereotypical of uh, what someone may 
think of when they think of uh, Alabama meth head. But I, it, it is what it is. He's the character that he is. And uh, I guess those stereotypes are, are in place for a reason. Uh, but he wanted to play. So he sat down and, and he started to play. And uh, he was offbeat, out of key. But I, I enjoyed listening to him. He, you know, to, to, with an eye roll, uh, by me, he started to play Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, but I smiled. It was, uh, charming. Um, and at that moment, this British family came up and, and the, the, the son was probably 10 uh walked up towards us like like he wanted to play and i could see the parents in the background with the the younger daughter and it was almost like like an experience for them to encounter these street folk street folk being marshall and myself uh and so i i tried to give an impression of a, a, a not uh, scary person, someone who was going to be warm and not, uh, not, not terrify this kid. Cause I, it could have gone to that immediately uh, with Marshall being as loud and crass and uh, rough as he was. But he, I offered the boy to play and started to play Sweet Home Alabama as well, which I found also very charming that uh, a a young boy from England had taken the time to learn that song. But then part of me wondered if he learned that song in preparation for this uh, great American road trip that his family had come here to do uh, as as part of uh, a cultural immersion, maybe. But uh, they walked away, and I, you know, as they were taking pictures, and I'm sure it's in their photo album of, oh, remember those, uh, those bums we met in Gallup, and it was so sweet. They let Reginald play the guitar, uh, whatever. Uh, so then I started to get some backstory from Marshall, and he had been on the road for four days, uh, and just had been hitchhiking from. Um, Alabama he told me that he was the class president and valedictorian of his senior class and you know I, I wasn't I wasn't gonna contest that and, and ask him to prove it because he couldn't so either he was lying to over the top overcompensate uh, for his current situation or he had just hit a rough patch I think both uh, I don't think this has been his whole life but um, I'm sure he has had grown up uh, in an environment to perhaps become what he had become at this moment so as he's telling me this this other guy walks up 
uh, covered in tattoos and just sat down next to me. And he introduced himself as One Feather. And I, uh, as the as the young liberal that I was, was, yes, okay, One Feather, yes. And just without even like a, well, what is that? You know, did not want to offend um, or or make it some race thing. You know, I just was very status quo about the whole situation uh, of One Feather and that name uh, on top of the fact that he scared the shit out of me, uh, had a just one just b- completely red eye. The other one was on its way there. Uh, a, a long, just n- very not f- uh, full mustache that, that hang down over his uh, top lip. Uh, Beer gut, black tank top, shitty ball cap. Um, I just wasn't, um, didn't present himself in a very flattering manner. And it didn't help that as he was sitting next to me, this other guy walks up and I don't know, it just all of a sudden happened. They must have had some... uh, uh, previous uh, scuffle or some some unpleasant history, but he they, he just started beating the shit out of him, like right in front of me. Just got up and socked this guy right in the face and started kicking him. And I I I just I didn't know what to do, and I I I thought it was the moment to leave just this is the, the clear this is a red flag if you've ever seen one this is not a kind of person you want to spend your day with you don't have to answer to anybody it's time to go however i'd been doing that a lot and i needed to uh embrace this situation and let it play out. So I did, and I stayed, and I wasn't thrilled about it. Uh, but it he started to show uh, some warmth to his new friends. Uh, so immediately after he beat the shit out of this guy and... <laughs> And right after that, these two girls are sitting on this um, alley stairway. And out of nowhere, this other girl comes up and shoves the girl in her chest so she falls into the stairway that is leading to the basement. So falls probably four feet, if not more than that, onto concrete stairs, but is angry enough to fly up those stairs and start slapping and hair pulling as as the guy that just got the shit kicked out of him by one feather tries to break it up uh and I guess that was all over the the color hat she was wearing and I was just like what the fuck and the cops came 
And one feather said to me and Marshall, oh, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. So I pick up my guitar and I follow him. We leave and I feel like this guy is trying to look out. So um, we went to get some booze that he bought and we went to this cultural dance uh, in town. It's very, very nice and um, uh, probably five older women dressed in uh, ceremonial garb doing a uh, some some sort of dance. I have no idea what it was, but it was nice to watch. And he was very quiet and respectful of it. Uh, and so was Marshall. He had shut his mouth for the first time, I think, since I had met him as we watched these women dance. And One Feather walked away for a second and came back and presented uh, Marshall and me with uh, a ring for Marshall and a bracelet for me that he had bought from one of the vendors as uh, a gift and handed it to us just saying, welcome to New Mexico. Um, and it was, it was nice. Uh, but as quickly as uh, Marshall had shut his mouth, as soon as one act was done and everyone stood to clap, he drew a rain turtle in the gravel sand and started to dance around it. I don't think in a mocking way. I don't think he really had that in him, especially surrounded by people of that culture. But it was just not the place and time. And I looked at One Feather and I think he went to anger immediately but then realized who this guy was at least had the character recognition to see that it wasn't malicious and we both kind of chuckled and realized that this guy was a complete goon so I continued to hang out with these guys and we met up with this old man named Nelson who didn't say a word just was one feather's like grandpa or uncle or something. He never, he just was there. This guy was just there, quiet, looked very sick, but just was there. Uh, I don't know if he even spoke English, but he really liked to shake my hand and would like uh, almost uh, sarcastically like smile, but he wasn't. He was just very, very pleased to meet me it seemed like and so we got some more booze and went back to this motel room um, that one feather had got for the night in exchange to do the owner's uh, headpiece and by headpiece I mean his uh, shaved head tattoo piece one feather was a tattoo artist on the side uh, and began to show me pictures of his work and artwork and some of it was decent I'll, I'll give him that uh, I was no connoisseur of, of tattoos at the time but it was um, I could I, I felt the pain for some of the people that of the of the the of his work that I had seen on people it was not uh, 
professional by any means and clearly not done in a, in a professional manner. I can almost guarantee that, but that was part of the deal. So, uh, we got this $30 motel room for free and which was fine with me. Cause I was going to sleep in my van anyways. I would not dare sleep in this room with them, even though I was right outside the door. It didn't fucking matter. But, um, uh, so we're in the room and he invites over some people, this, this girl named Trey who had the kind of gangster girl thing going with the, the flat bill and the really baggy black shirt that came down to her knees. And, uh, she was cool. Just really just, just, yeah, man, just real chill. Uh, and I, I could tell she was bothered with something. I was like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, my anxiety, man, my anxiety. I was just like, do you want some of this Ativan? It's put that anti-medic or anti-anxiety medication I have. So I give her one and it makes her feel better. So all of a sudden I'm this rogue kid slash, uh, drug provider, not even a dealer, just like the, the medicine man of, um, <laughs> of, of prescription drugs that seemed to pop out of nowhere. So that kind of got me street cred, I guess. Is that fair to say? Uh, but I did. And, um, so I was in, I was in with these guys now at this moment. So we walked to the gas station to get some more booze. And as soon as we walked out, uh, one feather hands me a can of Vienna sausages. He's like, here, man. It's like, you didn't buy those. And he's like, nah, it's all right. It's all right. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because again, I was very serious about this karma credit thing. I, I did not want to fuck it up. Any of the good shit that had come my way, whether it was uh, presented in a positive or negative way, they always seemed to end up being positive and looking out for me in some way or another. And being associated with some guy that was stealing shit was not the best um, withdrawal of that. And I and I tell him that. I was like, hey, man, you don't, you don't have to do that for me. Like, I'm good. I got stuff. Uh, and he, I could tell he was offended that I rejected his gift, but... Uh, it, it blew over. So we get back to the hotel room. And I don't really know how it came up. But they start to talk like they're going to come with me. Both uh, One Feather and Marshall. And I I don't know if I said something or if they just felt cool with it uh, or just felt like they were, were just allowed to invite themselves since I had the room in the van. Uh, but I was kind of on board with it. The Here are these two guys that are clearly troubled. Uh, I don't That's not fair to say. Marshall was definitely troubled. One Feather, I think, was just a dick and a criminal, but, um, uh, they, they seem to 
kind of work their way in and and the company seemed nice uh and i thought maybe the 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 character development of it all could be interesting uh to the narrative um the potential plot twist seemed uh exciting and attractive in some way at least the company did so i th- i thought about it and we began to talk about it and i i mentioned two uh one feather then we can't steal shit and i and i told him why i told him about the the karma credit and how i felt about st- you know stealing things uh and and how i've gotten to this point so far by not doing things like that and then marshall chimes in who's drunk as shit at this point and said well if we ever needed money then he could make us crystal meth and that's when i let out like a uh, a very troubled sigh and he he picked up on that immediately uh and got real defensive uh but one feather had my back like he he was bought into this it was like his uh his his awakening into goodwill uh, for for the um for the cause uh at least for me to feel like i was doing the right thing so he was he was into it and and backed him down and reinforced my statement which felt uh like i was beginning to make the good decision. So, but I was drunk as shit and we partied all night and, uh, I'll never, I wish I had the picture, but, uh, Trey wanted to take a picture with me and one feather had Marshall take it cause she wanted to send a picture of this hot white boy to, uh, to all her people. And, uh, she, she, I'm, I'll never forget it because they are throwing up sign like the you know hand signs and stuff behind me with the the just stone cold face and I'm sitting there holding two cans of four loco just like yeah you know smiling my big dopey twenty year old smile uh, God I wish I had that but anyways I ended up passing out in the van starting to have. A, a small mini panic about what I was going to do with these guys. And like I said, I, I would love the company, but like with Freddie, Renee's dog, it would restrict the things I'd be able to do and the people I would meet. And not to mention the, the end goal. Uh, and how am I going to pay for them? They're, they're, they don't have um, the, the street charm that I was able to at least uh, exude and present to where I could maybe get some pity dollars. No one's going to give them pity money unless they beat it out of them or get it from selling meth. God damn it. So the next morning, I wake up to One Feather's terrifying face peeking through the sheet window uh, 
peeking his his <laughs> just ugly face in and Joko Joko which is the my alias the, the Joe Calico and just Joko man let's get up because today it was time to find work he had convinced me that uh, we could find some 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 just random jobs to to build some funds before we uh, embarked on our uh, the, the epic conclusion of my dream uh, as the three musket idiots and I just um, the the reality of the situation was 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 crashing into me on top of the hangover. So I scarfed down some Pop-Tarts and the rest of them was out at this point. And I was just at, I was on the road. It had been so long at this point since I had been clean and was starting to feel a little, uh, uh, settled in my, in my filth which just sounds disgusting, but I was tired of debating whether or not to use my nasty finger to fish out the built-up pastry in the back of my gums, wedged between my gums and my cheek of the Pop-Tarts. You all, everyone has had that at some point, and you, you can either wiggle it out with your tongue or fish it out with a nasty finger, and I chose the finger. But, uh, after just hanging out, uh, and as everyone was pouring morning drinks and uh, having breakfast, I showed Marshall how to use a capo for a guitar, and it blew his mind. And it was really, uh, it was fun to share the some knowledge of of the guitar with someone who he could play enough. I mean, I could tell him three chords, and he could play it. It would sound muffled, and... Uh, and, and a little creaky, but uh, he could do it. And in trade with that, he showed me how to sharpen a knife without ruining it. And he said you just to roll down your window about halfway, and you would glide your knife over the the uh, the, the the rough part of the the window glass, the part that the the top part, uh, and it worked like a charm. It's really nice. And so just about as we were ready to leave and all pile into the van, one of One Feather's random girls came over who looked like she had been up all night. Uh, and we left for work. And I wanted to get her out of my van the second she stepped into it. She was just so weird and just stared at me with these blank stares and these just tired dead eyes and kept rooting through my food just not not attractive at all uh but Marshall was just laying it on hard and at, he had called his girlfriend or wife I don't know from Alabama uh last night in the hotel or motel and he said once he got back to Alabama, he was facing six months for jail time for possession. So I think he was anxious. I think that's why he was here 
and had been on the road for four days, he was on the lamb. Uh, so after he had just professed his love to the, his Bama girl that night, now he has fallen in love with his desert flower. <laughs> and uh, it was hard to watch and very awkward. So we went to find some work in this suburby uh, part of town, kind of by this this hospital there. And I let one feather use my bike to ride around. So like I had said, I think on the first episode, I had brought a brought a shovel, just some some tools for this very occasion uh, to be able to go door to door or or at least have something to where I could do an odd job for somebody. So he takes the bike to ride to the spot where he knows he could get work. And then I went door to door uh, and was denied each time, obviously. But then I, I was starting to see what was getting at least the door open and some looks. And this woman opened the door and I gave my spiel about where I'm from and just how I'm trying to just make my way out of town and need some gas money, blah, 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 and would do whatever yard work you need for any price. And she said she would pay me $30 to pull basically an entire yard worth of weeds. It should have been at least double that, uh, but I didn't bitch. So it was hot, and after three hours of work, I called it and had her come out to look, and she acted like I didn't do anything. And as she's bitching about what I didn't do, I just kind of get a peek into her house, and I see her kid, or I'm assuming it was her kid, probably 17, 18, just sitting on the couch watching some bullshit. And I I felt very... Uh, like I was off the path again. It was that, that, just another, one of the many moments where it, it was, uh, it was, it was hard to remember what I was doing. Seeing someone, uh, who is in my exact situation a month before. You know, a month before all this, I was doing that exact same thing. Just sitting on the couch at my parents in the middle of a day, in the middle of a work day, just hanging. And now I'm begging, pulling weeds, getting yelled at by some lady. Uh, so I told her, I, sorry, this is, I, the, you know, I've worked here for three hours now at this point. I can't. I can't do anymore. So she gave me $15 and as politely as I could, I said, thank you. Uh, and walked away. So I got in the van and, uh, met Marshall and desert flower. And, uh, she, both of them wanted to go see about donating blood or plasma or something. So I take them there and he's just all about her 
and she just starts crying for some random reason. And they're trying to give blood, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here at this point. I, all of them had lost this this charm that I thought they had. Um, again, the reality of the situation was becoming more and more clear as the day went on. They were all nuts. They were all uh, troubled. And they were all going to get me arrested or worse. And so I left him there because he told me to. Uh, and so I texted One Feather because he had my bike. And my bike, as you know, that was that was what I needed. Gas was not cheap, especially in a van house. And and to use that gas to get around town just to scope things out was not the most economic option. So that bike was everything. So I texted him and he said a friend had picked him up to go do some more work. And I waited at that McDonald's that I had been at the day before. And he said it wouldn't be till 10, so I waited. And as I'm sitting there, journaling like I was the day before, this security guard at the McDonald's, which was very kind of culture shock-y to me that a McDonald's would require a security guard, said not to trust the people out here. And I soon began to agree with him. Now, the day before, before I had met Marshall and One Feather, this guy named Alex, who was probably my age, kind of a thicker guy, uh, super stoner, I could tell right away. And he asked if, was just kind of hanging out, and asked if I needed work, and I kind of jumped on it, and this was right before I had met one feather. And so uh, he is sitting there, not with me, but then that's when one feather came up and they did not get along. They clearly had some uh, past issues as well. Uh, but calmly, the guy was just like, Well, you let me know when this doesn't work out for you because I was going to hang with these new buddies that I had made he's like you have my number you text me and I'll let you know and I'll let you know if there's still work and I hadn't heard from him and I just kind of figured it was just one of those passing things that didn't really matter Uh, and so he texted me and said hey man how's it going with with I mean, one feather, he knew his name. How's it going with one feather? And I told him the situation, and he said, "You need to get out now." He said, "You need to forget about the bike because you're not going to get it back." And I was like, "Well, I'm going to wait here a little bit longer uh, and see if he he he'd come back for it because I figured he would." You know, we had just spent. <laughs> I mean, it didn't seem like a long time, but I had thought like I had got to know this man uh, enough to where it would 
he he would return my bike uh at least and he he to yeah and the the guy uh alex just 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 said one more time you you need to get out of town so right after he texted me my mom and dad called as i'm sitting at the mcdonald's waiting on one feather and of course i didn't tell them about the bike or that i was waiting on this guy to give it to me uh but i told them where i was and they immediately asked if i had stopped by the el rancho inn which is where we stayed when we were in gallup new mexico on our trip out west and the El Rancho is a super historic hotel where a lot of movie stars stayed uh, during the Western days. Doris Day, Lucille Ball, John Wayne, many others. It's a very, very uh, beautiful Southwestern Hollywood-esque hotel. And of, of course I didn't go see it. I was dealing with uh, meth heads and uh, shitty tattoo artists and but they were at the Mexican restaurant that we'd always go to growing up and it was just a it's just, it was such a small thing to say but again it was just another another kind of blade to to the heart uh, that that they were it just life is just normal and I'm having to to try and keep this thing balanced uh, between not terrifying my parents but still having someone to talk to so I uh, put on the the happy voice and give them the update and, and say I love them and that was it so it gets to be nine o'clock and I still haven't heard from one feather and he wasn't even texting me back anymore at this point. So I go out to the van, uh, and I look and I see I have his bag and I also see I have Marshall's bag. So I text him and say, Hey, I have your bag if you want it. And I need my bike and I don't get anything. So I got a little ballsy, and I went to the plaza where we had all met the day before. And I walk up to a group of people, obviously drinking. Uh, and I asked for one feather. And lo and behold, there is one feather standing in the middle of the circle. And he said he just got dropped off. I was like, dude, where's my bike? I don't have it. No, he's got it. I, I let Trey borrow it. She's she's riding around. I was like, I need my bike. I Is she close? And I'm knowing that he's lying to me. I'm sure if I would have looked hard, it was probably right around the corner. Uh, but he starts to do the, the, the bobbing. Like as he's walking away, just kind of bobbing his shoulders like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like he's just getting getting fighter stance mode. 
and all of his buddies are starting to kind of do the same thing, just kind of doing the, the head tilt back and forth, just staring at me. So I grab his bag and I say, I need my bike. Here is your bag. And I give it to him. I said, I need my bike. Please let me have it. And he does the same thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. So at this point, I know I'm not going to get it back. And with my hand on his bag and his hand on the bag, I shove it at him. Not hard, but enough to show like, fuck off. You, you fucked me for the rest of this trip. And with that being drunk or drunk enough, he tripped over his own feet from my little shove and fall to the ground. And my immediate impulse is to go and help him up. But as soon as I, as soon as he gets to the ground, motherfucker, you motherfucker. And his guys start just stepping at me, doing the head cut and start running at me. So I start racing towards the van, which was just on the other end of the plaza. And I can hear him. I can hear all the, 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 the feet hitting the ground right behind me. And I'm fiddling for the keys in my hand and I get to the car door, finally get to the key, even though I had like three keys, but I couldn't grasp it. I was so scared. Get into the van. It, it flips on like it was meant to at this very moment. And I got the fuck out of Gallup as they flipped me off as I drove away. And I pounded the roof of the van, just screaming, so angry that I had been taken for a ride like that after not getting anything, spending the whole day pulling weeds for some lady who took advantage of me, sharing my bike with some guy who took advantage of me, It it fucked me up that night, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't happy about it at all. But then I started to think about what was happening and his character and my plot line. It was time to start shedding. Not just my uh, thoughts and, and, and wannabe wisdom like the karma credit, but it was time to start getting rid of my things. Clearly, he needed it way more than I did, especially in, in a month's time. I wasn't going to be needing it anymore. Uh, so I kind of laughed once I realized that it doesn't matter. It's just a thing that I don't need anyways. And then I reach in my pocket and I pull out the bracelet that he had given me, which in hindsight he had definitely stolen off the table of one of those uh, art merchants in the plaza. And that's what I traded him for. My bike for that 
shitty Native American bracelet. So I see the sign for Arizona and I just let out a cheer. I was so excited to finally be out of the land of enchantment and it began to storm again and the lightning just lit up the sides of these boulders next to me and I could see what seemed like for miles after every lightning strike but I was starting to bury E hard and I couldn't find a gas station inside at all and I was pretty confident I was going to have to sleep on the side of the road but I finally find one and make it in to sleep for the night just laying staring at the roof hearing the rain again feeling the sheet get wet and feeling good that he had it instead of me I'll see you next time